The Orioles are back over 500 and picked up their first series win of the season with a 7-2 victory over the Rangers on Tuesday night. But all of that was overshadowed because we got some much more exciting news. Reportedly, Grayson Rodriguez coming to the big leagues to make his Major League debut on Wednesday. I'll recap the O's win and break down what it means with Gray Rod coming to the majors. Coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. And welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to start by recapping another Orioles win. They beat the Rangers 7-2 on Tuesday night, clinching this series, winning the first two games. Their first series win of the year after dropping two of three to Boston to start 2023. We'll get to Kyle Gibson's dominant performance and more good early offense, including the home run ball for the Orioles. But it wasn't even the biggest Orioles news of the day because the win was great, but right in the middle of it, we got some even better news. First reported by Andy Koska of the Baltimore Banner, Grayson Rodriguez is being called up to the big leagues by the Orioles on Wednesday and will start Wednesday's game against Texas, and it will be his major league debut. So I'll talk about what went into that decision for the Orioles, why the kind of change of heart a week after sending him to AAA, all that more coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So the Grayson Rodriguez news, very, very fun and exciting. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's start with a baseball game that the Orioles won. Orioles 7, Rangers 2, the final score from Arlington on Tuesday night as the O's clinched the series, their first series win of the year, taking the first two over Texas and get over 500 now 3-2 and two in the 2023 season. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from this Orioles victory. And the first thing you need to know is Kyle Gibson was dominant in his second start in an Orioles uniform. And the start came... A day before, he thought it would, with Kyle Bradish getting hit by the liner on Monday night, having to leave the game in the second inning. And as we learned, Tyler Wells actually volunteering himself to come into that game, you know, go put his cleats on, put his jersey on, warm up in the pen, and give the Orioles five scoreless, hitless innings. Well, that meant Wells couldn't start Tuesday. But luckily for the Orioles, even though Kyle Bradish, or Kyle Gibson, I should say, wasn't scheduled to start until Wednesday, Regular rest would have made him available for Tuesday, so the O's moved up to veteran, and he was great. After, I would say, an up-and-down start in Boston on opening day, wasn't great, wasn't bad, was somewhere in the middle. I would call him great, pitching on this night in Texas against his old team. Kyle Gibson in this one goes seven strong innings, allowing just two runs on six hits, five strikeouts, and no walks for Gibson. The two runs, both solo home runs that he allowed in this game, 88 pitches, eight hard hit balls against him. And what was working for Gibson was really what we figured would work for him when the Orioles signed him to that one-year $10 million deal this offseason. 
it's going to be a kitchen sink approach for Kyle Gibson. What did he do? He threw seven different pitches in this game. Seven different pitches. 88 pitches in total. Let me read them off. 19 change-ups. 19 four-seamers. 18 sinkers. 16 sweepers. 10 cutters. Four curveballs. And two sliders. Those were your seven different pitches, 88 offerings in total to get him through seven strong innings. And, you know, he did get some swings and misses. He had 10 whiffs on 39 swings. Four of them came on the changeup, which I would say was probably his best pitch of the night. But if it wasn't that, it was the sweeper where the four of the other whiffs came on. That changeup, though, he was throwing it to righties and lefties, in, out, moving it throughout the zone. He had really good command of that pitch, and the sweeper was getting swings and misses. He was just mixing stuff, and he had a good Rangers offense off balance, just like Tyler Wells did on Monday night. And this is what the Orioles paid for. I mean, what you saw from Gibson on Tuesday night was very similar to what we would see from Jordan Lyles from time to time last season. It's just that Gibson was a touch better, I would say, than Lyles was at times last year. And that's what the O's kind of hoped to do, I think with signing Gibson rather than bringing Lyles back is just they hope to get a little bit better there. And I think that is what happened. Second thing you need to know from this one is that Ryan Mountcastle went deep again. And this time wasn't as convincing a homer, but it still counted the same. The big blast for Ryan Mountcastle came in what was a five-run second inning for the Orioles against Rangers starter Andrew Haney, who gave up seven runs on seven hits and lasted just two and two-thirds innings in this game. Mountcastle didn't get a lot of this one, but it was a three-run shot to make it a 5 nothing game. Just kind of popped one down the right field line, hit it right off the foul pole. It was only 97 miles per hour off the bat. It only traveled 348 feet. StatCast gave the ball an expected batting average of 170 off the bat, so a little bit of a lucky home run for Mountcastle. But for a guy who was so unlucky in 2022, Mountcastle will certainly, certainly take it in this game, was sporting a new mustache, ended up two for five with a double and that home run, no strikeouts to go along with three hard-hit balls. Mountcastle was hitting in the three-hole of the Orioles' order on Tuesday night. It's fun to see him swinging the bat well. Speaking of swinging the bat well, though, third thing you need to know from this one is that Jorge Mateo just continues to be hot at the plate. Mateo homered again in this ball game, ending up going two for four with a home run and two RBIs in the game. Mateo is just swinging it well here early in the season, and it's exactly what the Orioles needed from Jorge Mateo. It was a two-run shot in the third inning that put the Orioles up 7-1 to one in this one. 104 miles per hour off the bat, a screamer, 392 feet out to left center field to extend the Orioles' lead. And that's back-to-back nights for Mateo with just monster home runs in Texas. It's the first time in his career that Mateo has homered in back-to-back games. And we talked about it all offseason. Jorge Mateo was going to start the year once again as the Orioles' starting shortstop after the great defensive year and the offense kind of lagging behind last season. But we knew with the defense and the extra stolen bases he could get, he'll begin the year as the starting shortstop. The question was, would he continue through most of the season as the starting shortstop with Gunnar Henderson already here and guys like Joey Ortiz and Jordan Westberg knocking on the door? And what we said is he just has to hit, at least at a league average level. 
Well, he's doing more than that right now. He's currently hitting 357, OPS over 1,200, had the two hard hit balls in this game. If he's hitting and he's stealing bases at the rate he already is, he is a different kind of player out there for the Orioles. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that Ryan McKenna, luckily for him, did get a little bit of redemption in this game. We know what happened on Saturday night with him dropping the fly ball in left field, basically causing the Orioles to lose that game and that series against the Red Sox. He did not appear in either Sunday or Monday's game, but McKenna getting the start again in left field, batting ninth for the Orioles in Tuesday night's game. It's because there was once again a lefty on the mound in Andrew Haney, and McKenna has shown he's at least had some success hitting lefties in his career. And Ryan McKenna immediately had a chance in this game, came up in the top of the second with runners on first and second and one out in a 0-0 game. And McKenna came through with a base hit to left field, scored Adam Frazier and gave the O's the lead, put him up one nothing at the time and really kick-started that five-run second inning for the Orioles. And yeah, he ended up one for four and did strike out later in the game, did not reach base after that second inning single. But it was nice to see him, A, not drop a fly ball this entire game in left field and B, go right back out there the next time he was on the field and come up with an RBI single, give his team the lead, and that should really, really help his confidence moving forward because you know that was not a good moment for him back on Saturday night. And the fifth and final thing to know from this one is that the one big name who wasn't in the lineup on Tuesday night as the Orioles scored seven more runs on eight hits was Gunnar Henderson. Now, the initial thought was, well, Gunnar Henderson has played every day so far. You got a lefty on the mound. Maybe you sit the young lefty and give him his first day off. But actually, it turns out, as we learned from Brandon Hyde before first pitch, that Henderson's hand was a little bit sore, actually took a 107-mile-per-hour, one-hop, basically line drive off his hand in Monday night's game. If you remember back to it, it was in the fifth inning of the game. It was a play where it was a one-hopper that ricocheted off of Henderson and went right to Mateo at shortstop, who picked it up and still threw out the runner by a half a step at first base. Henderson did stay in for the remainder of Monday night's game. Hyde said his hand was sore. He's going to be fine. He said he'd be available to pinch hit or come off the bench if the Orioles needed him, but felt it was good just give him a day off. And I would think he's most likely going to be in the Wednesday lineup, but that was the reason why Henderson was not out there on Tuesday. But you know Henderson's going to want to be in this Wednesday lineup for the Orioles because he could be playing defense behind a guy who he's come up through the system with for a little bit, a guy he's become close with, and a fellow top prospect in the O system. That's right. As reported on Tuesday night, Grayson Rodriguez is coming to the big leagues to join the Orioles on Wednesday, start the game against Texas, and make his major league debut. So coming up next, I'll talk about what went into that decision for the Orioles, what other things happened to make them make this move, and why it is a little weird that they did it so soon after the things Elias said about Rodriguez and demoting him last week to AAA. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Now, when I'm looking for Orioles tickets, generally, I'm not planning ahead a lot. I live near the stadium. I can walk there at any time. I figure I'll just go to the game when I want to go to the game. But sometimes, if you wait too long, it's hard to get tickets. They're maybe more expensive. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Well, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and their best price guarantee allows you to stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun 
that you're going to have. And they've got tickets for everything. It's concerts, it's music, but it's also Orioles games. And listen, home opening series, still some tickets available. You can get them on GameTime.co. And it is the place for last-minute ticket deals as well. If you wait towards the last minute, you can sometimes even get a better deal, get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more with Game Time. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So the Orioles took down the Rangers 7-2 in Texas on Tuesday night to clinch a series win, taking the first two games from the Rangers. But even though it was an impressive win, it wasn't the biggest news for the Orioles on Tuesday evening. As we learned during the game, kind of early in the game there, that the Orioles would reportedly be calling up Grayson Rodriguez to make his Major League debut on Wednesday. Now, as of recording here, I'm as I'm chatting here, it's just about 11 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday night. It has not been official from the Orioles just yet. And Brandon Hyde did tell reporters in Texas postgame that he has not yet named his starter for Wednesday's game. So nothing is official for the Orioles yet, but it was reported by Andy Koska of the Baltimore Sun and others, including Jeff Passan, reported it. That's when you know it's going to happen, that the Orioles would be calling up Grayson Rodriguez to make the start in Wednesday's game in Texas and make his major league debut for the Orioles back in his home state. So that'll be, first of all, a very cool moment for Rodriguez. But the cool moment for the Orioles and for us is that we're finally going to get to see Grayson Rodriguez pitch in the big leagues. Now, here were the circumstances around it because they aren't the normal, our top prospect is ready, let's call him up circumstances. There were extenuating ones here in this situation. Now, as we know, the Orioles needed a starter for Wednesday's game. Kyle Bradish goes down in the second inning of Monday's game. Tyler Wells, who was supposed to start Tuesday, volunteers to pitch, gives the Orioles five hitless innings in relief, but takes him out of play for Tuesday. Kyle Gibson, who was scheduled to pitch Wednesday, was still on regular rest, so the Orioles move him up to Tuesday, and he does great. Seven innings, two runs, leading the O's to a win on Tuesday night. But your next starter in the rotation, Dean Kramer, because he pitched Saturday, would not be ready to throw again on Wednesday. So the Orioles needed a starter. And I talked about this back on Monday's episode about what the O's options were. And I talked about Grayson Rodriguez being one of the options. But I thought the most likely option was that the Orioles would use Austin Voth, who has only pitched once this season through 22 pitches on Saturday. So would be pretty fresh to go somewhat deep into this game if he did start. They would have Keegan Aiken ready behind him and a couple more relievers. And they would just get through the game like that and then go to Dean Kramer on Thursday in the home opener. That's what I thought. Now I talked about Grayson Rodriguez being a possibility. But because of the way that they have talked about Rodriguez the way Elias talked about him, the way they sent him down to AAA last week, the way he did struggle some in his first start of the AAA season on Friday night. I just thought even though he would be on regular rest for a start on Wednesday, it just wouldn't be him. And I talked about how, you know, the Orioles probably would have more so gone to 
Spencer Watkins or Bruce Zimmerman because they have major league time and are on the 40-man roster. But those guys started Saturday and Sunday in AAA, so in no way would they be ready to start a Wednesday game. Now, D.L. Hall was the scheduled starter Tuesday, but he did end up starting the game, struck out six in three innings in his Norfolk debut. And then the other options are guys like Drew Rahm, who you're not going to bring to the big leagues at this point. So you're looking at either Austin Voth, essentially, or Grayson Rodriguez. And I, I am still a little stunned. I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I cannot wait to watch him pitch against the Rangers with Jacob deGrom being the starting pitcher on the other side for Texas for this 2 p.m. start, the day game on Wednesday. I cannot wait to watch him pitch. But I am a little surprised. You know... Mike Elias came down when it was reported and the Orioles confirmed that last Monday they were sending him to AAA and Rodriguez has not made the team and Tyler Wells was being given the number five starter spot. The quotes from Elias were that, you know, he was disappointed with Rodriguez's performance in spring training. He didn't expect that. He was concerned that he couldn't get past four innings in spring training and just wasn't ready to be a big league starter. And that's why he sent him to AAA. So to say all that, to send a guy to AAA and then listen in his first start, Friday night, AAA opening day against the Durham Bulls, Rodriguez didn't exactly do anything to make you feel a lot better if you aligned with Mike Elias in his comments. Rodriguez against Durham goes four innings, allowing three runs, two earned, two strikeouts, but four walks and a homer, and it took him 75 pitches to get through four innings. Now, it was only five hard hit balls against him. He did get eight whiffs. The fastball sat 97 and was up above 99 multiple times. So the stuff was still looking good in the outing on Friday night. And 75 pitches was more than any he threw in spring training. And it was the first time he had gotten through four innings as well as he went through four full innings on Friday night. So those were the good things, but not exactly a shining start, I would say, on Friday. So it's just a little odd. And again, I'm not upset that they're calling up Grayson Rodriguez. I cannot wait. This is what I wanted. You know, I talked about how I think this was service time manipulation sending him down. And coming up next, I'm going to talk about why it still can be service time manipulation, depending on what the Orioles do after the game. But it's just a little odd to me. Because I, I got the argument on Twitter when I, when I laid out my points on Tuesday night. I got the argument back that, well, it makes sense that since Rodriguez is on regular rest. He was going to be scheduled to be the Thursday starter in AAA, but he has regular rest to be able to start Wednesday. That if he was, you know, basically the number six starter and he just lost the battle for the number five to Tyler Wells, then it would make sense that when one of your starters goes down, you need somebody, you call up that sixth guy who was the first option in Norfolk. And that would make sense in most other scenarios where your last guy to miss out on the rotation gets that start early in the season when you need one. But Grayson Rodriguez, one of the top two or three pitching prospects in baseball, a consensus top 15 prospect in baseball, and the guy who's been the Orioles' top pitching prospect for years now, does not really fit that regular mold. That's generally not how you handle a top, top, top pitching prospect at 23 years old. It seems like that argument says Grayson Rodriguez should be traded the same as, say, Joey Crable. Like, I think most would agree Joey Crable was probably the final cut from the Orioles roster. It was probably down to Crable and Logan Gillespie for the final bullpen spot. Gillespie got it. But if anybody in the Orioles bullpen got injured or got sent down, I think we would agree Joey Crable right now 
would probably be the first guy up to the big leagues. But that's Joey Crable, a more veteran kind of journeyman, right-handed middle reliever. Not Grayson Rodriguez, your top pitching prospect. I get treating Joey Crable like that. But if you're going to say those things as Mike Elias about Rodriguez's struggles and how you're disappointed in him and just feel like you can't put him in the big leagues right now, it's weird to then eight days later, after one triple eh, A start, then call him up. So to me, it does read a little bit, just a little bit like this is only a one-start plan. And that's what I'm going to get to in a little bit because in terms of what to expect Wednesday, again, if Rodriguez gets this start, not confirmed, reported, not confirmed, I would say five innings at the absolute most, 80 pitches at the absolute most, And you can more so probably expect, hopefully, Rodriguez to get through four innings and then call it a day in this start. You'll have Austin Voth fully ready to go in long relief behind him, along with Keegan Aiken and multiple members of the bullpen as well because the Orioles only used Logan Gillespie and CNL Perez out of the pen behind Kyle Gibson on Tuesday night. So they're in kind of a good spot there. But in terms of beyond the Wednesday start, I still have some questions, and that's what I'll get to coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. This is the coolest game I've played on my phone in a very long time. I love this sponsor for the podcast because, listen, I love playing fantasy baseball because it's nice to kind of feel like a GM sometimes, but there's some things fantasy baseball doesn't give you that Ultimate Baseball GM does. You download the game, and basically you're in complete control of a franchise. You're playing through the seasons, trying to build a dynasty, hiring coaches and staff, managing finances, scouting, drafting players. You're managing different personalities. You're going through injuries, how they affect your team, going through free agency and the draft and the trade deadline. And you're also making decisions about different facilities, what to build, what not to build, all while you know hanging over your head you can get fired from the team you are the GM of on this game. It's challenging. It's a realistic game world. And the best part is, I mean, the game is free. You can play it offline, on the go. It doesn't really drain your battery either. And you can play with your friends. You can challenge your friends. You know, who's going to hold on to their job the longest? Who can win a World Series first? It is a fun game. And Locked On Orioles listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. So all signs right now are pointing to Grayson Rodriguez making his major league debut on Wednesday afternoon. All eyes in the baseball world are going to be on Orioles Rangers on Wednesday. It's a day game. You got Jacob deGrom, arguably when he's healthy, the best pitcher in baseball on one side. And you've got maybe the best pitching prospect in baseball making his major league debut in Grayson Rodriguez on the other side with a 2.05 p.m. Eastern time start against the Rangers on Wednesday afternoon. And I'm excited to see Rodriguez pitch. Now, again, as I said, we're just after 11 p.m. Eastern time here as I record on Tuesday night. Brandon Hyde said after the game, he has not yet named his starter for Wednesday. It's been reported by Andy Koska, reported by Jeff Passan and others. 
that Rodriguez is coming to Texas and he's going to make his debut and start the game, but we don't know for sure yet. But if he's in this game, it'll be interesting to see what the Orioles do after. Because for the long term here, we don't have an official word on Kyle Bradish yet either. You know, took that 104 mile per hour line drive off his right foot on Monday night, had to leave the game in the second inning. Now the x-rays were negative and we got really mostly good news on Bradish. Brandon Hyde said on Tuesday that Bradish was still sore and that he said the injured list is certainly a possibility right now for Bradish. Now, if the Orioles are going to call up Rodriguez, it does seem like they'll probably put Bradish on the IL. Now, it is a 15-day injured list for pitchers right now, but I think this is probably a situation where Bradish goes on the IL just to make sure he doesn't re-aggravate anything. He stays off for the 15 days, and as soon as we get to day 16, Bradish is back on the mound starting and is activated back in the rotation. That's how I see this playing out for Kyle Bradish. But because of that, the Orioles are going to need a couple of starts to be filled in his place in the rotation. Now, the first one isn't necessarily his place, but because of how they had to jockey the pitching, the first one is Wednesday, and again, it looks like it's going to be Grayson Rodriguez. But is Rodriguez the longer-term solution? Does he stay in that spot for those three starts where Bradish is gone? If he does, does he stay here in the rotation still when Bradish returns from the injured list if he does go on the IL? That would be interesting to see because the Orioles' next time they would really need a starter would be next Wednesday, April 12th. I think that would be nice to, you know, have Grayson get that extra day of rest between starts and then start him again next Wednesday if they did keep him up and Bradish did go on the IL. And then, you know, five days after that, you would maybe need Grayson again. And then after that, Kyle Bradish would be back. Now, I got a lot of pushback after this Grayson Rodriguez news broke saying, ha told you so. It's not service time manipulation, the reason why the Orioles sent Rodriguez down. I did a big episode on that last week on Tuesday after the O sent him down saying, I think this is service time manipulation. Just because he's getting called up, unfortunately, does not mean that the Orioles aren't manipulating his service time. Now, the rules for service time manipulation and getting that extra year on the end of the rookie deal, essentially getting that extra year of team control, a player needs to be on the roster for 172 of the 187 days of the MLB season to be able to get to free agency one year earlier. If you are on the roster for just 171 days or less, the team gets that extra year of control at the end of the contract. And it doesn't just have to be the, you know, basically you keep them off the roster for 16 days, essentially. Those 16 days don't have to all be from opening day. You can put a guy on the roster and take him off the roster and still manipulate his service time. Grayson Rodriguez could have been on the opening day roster, made one start, been sent back down, and the Orioles could have kept him down for 16 days and manipulated his service time. You know, when you think about it, he's already been down for six days of the season already. If the O's activate him on Wednesday morning, give him the start, and then send him down to AAA after the game, that's only one day of service time in the season. That's only one day. He needs to get to 172 to have that year count for him. That would only be one. It would be very easy for the Orioles to call him up Wednesday, have him pitch, 
send him back down to AAA after the game and recall another reliever. You know, and then eventually when they need a starter next Wednesday, they probably, I would think, call up Spencer Watkins to maybe make those next two starts before Bradish comes back from the injured list. The Orioles could easily do that. They would then hold Rodriguez down in AAA for at least another 10 days or so. And then whenever they called him up after that, they would just say when he's ready. But as long as it's after 10 days after that, they've still manipulated his service time. They still kept him in AAA for enough days of the season where they'll get that extra year of control at the end of the rookie deal. So just because they're calling him up doesn't mean they're not manipulating the service time. And in fact, if they do call him up Wednesday, he does start and then they send him right back down to AAA, I think that actually proves the point more that they're manipulating the service time. Because they basically got put in a tough spot here where Bradish gets hurt and Wells gets moved up and you need a starter and, you know, your guys you would have gone to like Watkins and Zimmerman aren't available and you don't want to, you know, pull down the bullpen by starting Austin Voth. So you got put in a spot where Rodriguez was one of only a few options and you just went for it because he's the best pitcher available of the options, still giving yourself the chance to manipulate his service time. And I think... What happens after the game, him getting optioned or not getting optioned, is going to tell us a lot, a lot about what the Orioles are doing here. But if you want to get even more cynical, the O's could even, even have him stay for a couple starts, stay until Bradish got back, and then still as long as they didn't keep him on the roster for too long, as long as it was about 14 days or less, they could still keep him around until Bradish is back, then send him back down, then hold him down for long enough to still get that extra year. They could still manipulate it that way. So there's still many possibilities. You can't rule out service time manipulation just because he's coming up here. But it is it is awesome that he's coming up, but they've done this before. You remember what happened to D.L. Hall last year. He gets called up to make his major league debut to start that game in Tampa in August against the Rays. He starts the game, and what happens? He gets sent down to AAA immediately after the game, gets converted into a reliever in AAA, and then comes back a couple weeks later and joins the big league bullpen. They've already done it with one of their top pitching prospects, called him up to make a start for his debut and immediately sent him down. So what's stopping them from doing it with their other top pitching prospect and Grayson Rodriguez? I don't want that to happen. I hope he comes up, he shoves, and he stays in the rotation for the rest of the year. I hope he does. But I still have my doubts because Mike Elias and specifically John Angelos are still running this ball club. So we will see. But let's end the pod with this. Grayson Rodriguez, the Orioles' top pitching prospect, it looks like is finally going to make his major league debut. So tune in. It is going to be a heck of a time. And I'll be back with you tomorrow here on the podcast to break down everything we saw from Grayson Rodriguez's MLB debut and what's next for him and the Orioles, depending on if another roster move involving him does happen after the game. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day.